This is Reimagining Healthcare, a podcast about innovation in the healthcare industry. It's a show for healthcare business owners, for healthcare professionals, for industry investors, and health tech entrepreneurs. On the show, I talk to health tech and healthcare innovators to uncover how they're reimagining and building a world of seamless digital healthcare experiences and how that fits into people's lives. I'm your host, Yanni Sapanos. Last week, Nick, the CEO of New York-based digital health agency EES Health, spoke to me about the problems with the current infrastructure within the system of digital healthcare and the place for a digital health agency in helping address some of those problems. This week, we pick up the discussion with Nick and talk about applying system thinking and explaining modularity, interoperability, and scalability in the system of healthcare, as well as overcoming the system challenges, using existing systems to enhance healthcare with novel systems as well, and also talking about Nick's vision for the system of healthcare. Let's jump in. Yeah, I think you make a couple of really good points there that um, I'll, I'll try and paraphrase how I'm understanding it or, or relating to what you're saying there, Nick. So there's, um, you're kind of taking a uh, system thinking and business analysis approach where you're sort of saying, um, you know, we're not starting from nothing. There's stuff here and some of it is great and some of it might need some work, but um we also have some gaps in between because there's emerging, let's say, demands around either from providers or from uh, consumers that are wanting services to improve or to change. There's there's different requirements that are evolving. So you're looking at how to how to kind of bring that together. Um, and I think if I'm understanding you correctly, you're saying that we start at the infrastructure level. That makes sense because it's kind of like building a house, right? You you want to get the foundations right. You don't want to build the roof first. <laughs> yeah, you don't want to do the roof first. And um, and so we've got to get this the infrastructure right. And um, the infrastructure is what? What what do you describe as the infrastructure? Uh, so those could be uh, user portals, uh, user access, permissions, things like that. Um, storage, um, you know, lever- like setting up the cloud architecture, um, making sure that I would say data, so kind of all of those things, making sure that the storage, the um, the APIs, like what, however you're going to be pulling that information in, uh, into one place, and user permissions, uh, that's essentially kind of what the infrastructure level looks like. Yeah, there's there's a lot of similarities that I draw to I guess day to day life. You know, when you think about opening up a healthcare clinic. Um, you're going to have a building with a variety of different rooms in it that serve different purposes. Um, and so you may describe, for example, the, the road that gets you to the front door, uh, the, um, the main power supply that feeds electricity into the premises as being sort of the infrastructure. You know, you've got to have those in place and uh, reliably connected and um, seamlessly integrated into into the building in order for the rest of the building then within it to be able to gain access to those various things and be able to use them for different purposes, you know, whether it's turning on a monitor or powering lights or whatever the case is. So in IT terms for, for those listening who don't um, uh, have that technical background, the infrastructure is the, the foundation of which we build everything on top. And then there's different uh, utility or different uh, use cases that we have within the context of healthcare. 
they're the applications that you're describing there, uh, Nick, as well. And there's um, and there's stuff that's needed in between sometimes uh, to be custom developed in order to help those applications talk to each other. Unless there are products, for example, like um, Core Plus and other B2B software as a service that have um, offered an API, which allows um, for a, let's, let's call it a, from a customer standpoint, a much easier and quicker way to be able to securely and privately share data, you know, between applications. Um, what other types of, um, outside of an API, what other types of, oh, I'm just going to use that word again, widgets, uh, does EES, EES work with Nick to be able to bring systems together? Yeah, so for example, um, what we're bringing systems together, uh, I would say that a lot of, we definitely, I mean, we leverage APIs the most. Um, there are other widgets that kind of come in, whether that's looking at something from support, right? Like you don't want to have to build an entire support infrastructure uh, from scratch. There's companies that already build it. So leveraging something like, like Zendesk uh, and then taking that product out of the box, customizing it. This is where we would come in is customize this specific, you know, configuration and needs that you have um, and building that into a, you know, however large your organization is, a larger uh, infrastructure, uh, building that into a enterprise specific uh, application for you. And within that, right, there's all different types of widgets. There are uh, you know, you could have a chat widget that that comes up, and and a lot of these other things pre-built in, um, you, an AI chatbot that you could leverage. You could train, you know, your own chatbot uh, to be specific to your specific pra- practice or field of work. Um, so that's that's one area. And in other areas, there's companies that offer specific connectors, right? That uh, there are two systems that don't necessarily talk, but there's somebody that comes custom develops a, a widget of sorts and um, and will be able to connect that information together. Uh, and many times, you know, we build those custom middle layer connections to pull the specific information we need. But when they do exist, um, you know, we definitely leverage those as well. It, it, an example is companies like Zapier where, um, you know, they help to create these connectors and tools and widgets that help you automate data from, let's say, you know, your Excel spreadsheet to this other application that didn't necessarily talk to each other beforehand, but now you have the, you know, the option and the ability to do that. Yeah, I think that that that's an important point to make. That um, you know, the API uh, scenario, unless you have a digital health agency involved um, or a, um, a sophisticated technical person to be able to bring. Uh, APIs together, um, it's not something that you can really utilize as a, as a health customer um, out of the box. Now, there is an emerging generation of technologies uh, such as uh, the B2B SaaS or software as a service movement and uh, to a lesser extent some mobile applications who have already developed an ecosystem of applications that are already connected or interconnected around their uh, their core platform, and um, and you know I'd argue that's preferable than working with a system that doesn't have an ecosystem or perhaps makes it really hard to integrate with any third party 
um, applications that you need in healthcare in order to build your own system. Um, so um, just the the fact that an API exists in of itself doesn't guarantee interconnectivity. It just means that it is a better standard for um, organizations like yourself, Nick, to be able to say, let's have a look at uh, this application over here and compare it to the API that's available on another application. What is available to us to actually send and receive data between these two systems that support an outcome that is needed by by a customer? Is that sort of a, a good way to summarize it? Absolutely. And I, and I agree with, with what you're saying too. It's, you know, AWS or Microsoft, you know, they have marketplaces where they've built products that could specifically, they're specifically designed to be used together. Uh, and as well as offer the ability to connect, you know, externally. I do think that there is definitely a huge growing market for uh, specific tools that are able to pull in uh, new like data and information from different systems that don't require as much uh, technical know-how and they kind of do a majority of that legwork for you and, you know, click and click and drag type of uh, SaaS solution that you could use that pulls data in. And and then also I, I would say with, you know, leveraging APIs, being able to pull in um, multiple different APIs from, completely different applications that then I would say that's where the real value could come. If, if that's your specific kind of uh, value proposition is being able to offer some type of service or some type of uh, insights. It's a lot of times the mixture of multiple different sources of information. And I think the APIs are extremely helpful in being able to allow that to happen. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, and also looking at the, I guess, just, just to summarize those three things, you know, we're, we're talking about a foundation of scalable infrastructure. So that's probably at the layer of the um, software community that is designing applications for different use cases within healthcare. So at that infrastructure level to be able to then um, provide interconnectivity with other applications even if they're not connected, but at least provide the the IT standards to be able to um, allow customers to um, exercise those decisions when when they need to, and and by being scalable, that means that it's less cost uh, less costly than would otherwise be the case in actually trying to develop something as another siloed system where you can just sort of take three existing systems, make sure they talk to each other properly securely, privately, and in accordance with supporting the use cases, and then deal with perhaps the five or 10% that's not addressed by bringing those three, those three systems together. Um, and that would be sort of a much smarter way for the, for the healthcare system to be able to sort of self-evaluate, but it's busy. And I guess that's the argument for you, Nick, to, um, you know, as an agency, to, um, to come in and actually support customers, particularly customers that are growing quite fast and uh, dealing with those growth pains and some of those um, scalability issues. They've they become more um, sophisticated in how they want to run uh, that particular healthcare business and have more clearer goals in terms of what they're trying to achieve from a system. And, um, and knowing that and then looking at the prevailing landscape uh, of their existing ecosystem, perhaps other options that could be brought in 
that's a very empowering state to be in, you know, notwithstanding that we're not as a, as a, as a total healthcare systems, we, we haven't hit the Zenith yet. We've still got a long way to go, <laughs> but we're a long way from where we were 10 years ago. Uh, for example, because of these evolutions in cloud and mobile applications, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah. I mean, we've made incredible improvements. Uh, I do think that, you know, for lack of a better term, re repurposing some of the existing technology that's out there um, in a way that is specific to healthcare. Uh, we know that a lot of these technologies, at, you know, serve a very similar purpose, but that there are certain nuances that you you can't fail to consider when it comes to healthcare. Um, so that's where you know customizing something twenty percent to get you you know. It's backed by a technology that's already been proven out and it's already in use by, you know, tons of people. It's already, you know, up to par, up to regulations, and you're slightly tweaking something to fit your need. I think as we continue to do that, it's one, it saves a lot of time towards innovation. It kind of gets you up and running faster, um, but it helps to it helps to just create a more cohesive uh, system as a whole. And yeah, I would say that that's, that's pretty much the, my thoughts there. It, repurposing a lot of the, that technology is, is benefit is going to be beneficial to, to everyone. Um, yeah. I, I, that's, that's pretty much uh, my thoughts on that. Unless it's a 30-year-old piece of technology that just doesn't talk to anybody and that, that particular code base has almost become, you know. And that's, that's a problem a museum artifact. Into, though, often yeah. in, this, in this area. You could run into that problem often. Um, so you don't have to be bleeding edge, but you don't want to be dealing with something that really nobody is doing anymore. You know, it's just too old. And um, so you want to find that kind of leading group of um, systems that kind of, you know, are working more in unison with some of the innovations that are happening at the, um, at the, at the uh, underpinnings of infrastructure, such as, you know, Azure, AWS, uh, you know, the, uh, the Google cloud, for example, things like that, where there's just incredible advances that, um, you know, when, when, for example, when I started in uh, cloud, arguably, uh, if I could define that point as the abacus stage, you know, the process of developing was just really time consuming, um, and very, um, laborious. So when you think about, um, where the, uh, platforms are at now in terms of, um, being able to build and develop on, they've just taken, um, a, a lot of that manual repetitive stuff out of the way and it allows development to happen. It's still time consuming in different ways. It's probably more creative and more customer experience oriented, but, um, there's, uh, the, the need to actually be able to build everything from scratch as you know, has evolved. So you can actually do a lot more, uh, pattern repetition and, um, leverage routines that are successful and, um, you know, um, just copy and paste stuff that's working well, you know, it's just, it's incredible what the life of a modern developer is compared to 20 years ago, for example. What are, what are your thoughts on that, Nick? Yeah, I mean, I, even just the uh, process changes, right, with switching from like the waterfall to agile development, um, which is, you know, you know, being able to be more dynamic. Um, there are different 
development pipelines. There's new, you know, automated testing procedures that you could run that kind of help with uh, Q&A throughout the development process. There's different tools that are being built that if you leverage, you know, could speed things up a lot more. And I think that the culture has changed, which is something, at least from a development standpoint, you know, at the current time, is this idea of continuous improvement and evolution over time, uh, little by little, and continuing to update. You know, that's really important going forward because I, I think a lot of the times in the past, it was there was this new solution that came out. Um, you know, it worked for the time being, it worked great, and it was, you know, better for that time. But I think as time passes, uh, it gets aged out, where I think kind of building with this open mindset, building for, with the mindset of, of innovation forever, right? Like the future of healthcare in its entirety, it's just continuing to evolve on them. And I think what we're, we're getting into with these new cloud services um, and, and the maturity of them is we're getting to a place where we could, we could innovate and those cycles, the development cycles are faster. Um, so I think that that's, I think that's kind of to, to answer your question, uh, my thoughts. Yeah, it's definitely a lot faster. And with that comes, you know, more systems, more silos, more applications, more, more need to get the infrastructure right so that we can actually um, allow the healthcare industry to be able to compile the functionality that they want for operating within the healthcare system in a uh, clinically safe, um, a data secure and private manner um, as seamlessly as possible. So, you know, the, the, um, the future is looking um, more exciting and interesting than it did, uh, you know, 15 odd years ago um, when I entered the system of um, health tech in particular. So, you know, the world, the world is moving, it's moving along. Uh, but I guess just, uh, Nick, um, to explore your vision uh, for, uh, for the future, um, in the context, I guess, of what you're doing as a digital health agency and the role that you play in the ecosystem, um, what's the future going to look like, you know, if, um, if, if you have it your way? Yeah, so I think that, um, you know, building digital health ecosystems that are interoperable uh, where, whether that's for, you know, through and through the healthcare system from suppliers to you know, tech providers, consumers, patient, um, consumers, uh, actual healthcare providers, medical devices. Um, I think being able to have a system that could talk to each other, uh, there's open communication and involving, you know, also outside parties, insurance, um, regulators. So having a common place, whether, whether that's one place or, you know, multiple places, I think that you're able to access all of your healthcare information and everything that you need from a consumer standpoint. And from a provider standpoint, um, you're able to come in and do the best job that you were trained to do uh, to help people. Further than that, I think that healthcare is going to continue to evolve to become not just a, you know, as need type of service, you know, it will be, more 
important to people's lives uh, and, and contribute to more to healthier people over time. So leveraging wearables, collecting more data on yourself, being able to optimize your health over time, taking into account um, and having more readily available uh, mental health applications, uh, disease specific type of treatments. And uh, so I think ultimately what it comes down to is fixing the current issues that are, you know, at the system level. Um, and upon that, building and continuing to improve the tools and abilities from, from a healthcare perspective um, and allowing people to take more control over their personal health care experience and leveraging the tools that we have available to us. Yeah, I, I definitely uh, see that whole interconnected, interoperable, um, cohesively, seamlessly uh, integrated system. Um, the um, the stakeholders in it, though, are um, more than one. You know, you have um, you have the developer. Um, if I sort of characterise one aspect of the um, the people who are responsible for the system, mm. um, you have the user. And the users uh, uh, play a variety of roles. You have, uh, for example, healthcare professionals. You have um, business owners and managers within the uh, healthcare industry. Uh, you have uh, government stakeholders. Uh, you have um, uh, team members, people who work within healthcare, um, ultimately recipients of healthcare service, the consumers, the patients, the clients. Um when we talk about scalable infrastructure, that sort of sits squarely on the shoulders of the uh, technical side of the uh, ecosystem. What role uh, do the rest play, Nick, in um, in helping helping us achieve a more scalable infrastructure and and um, you know bringing these customer applications together and kind of you know figuring out how to use the the tech culturally within healthcare. Yeah, I mean that's that's a that's a big question. I think that you know healthcare has a lot of different stakeholders with a lot at stake, right? So there's always this push and pull. Uh, I think that if one, what they can do to help uh, is figure out ways to you know communicate uh, better together, uh, whether that's through you know regulators working with developers and healthcare providers. Uh, different stakeholders working together to create this future. So I think, you know, I, I don't by any means think that um, the future should be created by purely developers. There's a lot of empathy that needs to go into it for all those different stakeholders involved. And giving each of those people their voice when creating a solution is going to help you succeed in building it for one, but two, it's going to help the adoption of this over time. So I think one, and then from a, a consumer or patient perspective, it's getting exposure to and trying these different applications uh, that are coming out, trying to figure out ways to leverage them, providing feedback to help improve. And I think collectively together, um, you know, we'll ultimately find somewhere in the middle that is still a drastic level up. Uh, for now until eventually moving towards something even bigger and better. I think that's, uh, and like you alluded to earlier, but there, there's, you need that radical innovation in one side, right? You need somebody that's going to go try to create a solution and, and kind of 
break all the rules, right? And just do whatever you have to do to cure cancer, you know? Or but then there's other people kind of trying to drag that down. I think where we kind of sit in that mix is trying to create a solution that fits in the current model as is. And then as that current model evolves and becomes better, um, we try to, we move in line with them. Uh, but there's definitely certainly a, you know, a spot for everyone. I think at the end of the day, we're all, we're all stakeholders um, because we, you know, healthcare is, is a global, um, it's a global and everyday need. I agree. And um, I think, you know, I think it's, that's a really important point because the um, it's easy in healthcare to, or one observation that I uh, make in healthcare, particularly in the, in the medical um, cohort is that it's always up to the government. Government needs to do this. Government needs to put a new item number into the um, insurer. You know, government needs to put a regulation in place. But another observation I've made is that government is typically lagging uh, sometimes 10, 15 years behind where the coalface is at in terms of the science, in terms of the innovation in and the opportunity to innovate uh, care models, uh, engagement models, and even um, adoption from users in terms of how they want to behave, uh, whether it's recipients of healthcare or providers of healthcare. So um, I don't think the answer is to wait for government to do it. I think it's kind of a blend between uh, good, good uh, I guess, old-fashioned free markets, um, understanding what their customers want, what do consumers demand going forward, and how can we innovate to support them? Because, you know, the, the rules of life are evolving, um, you know, and we see that in the way that um, people make choices where and how they want to live and how much they want to work these days and how much they want to pursue other interests, uh, particularly in the West. So we, we, if we stay focused on what people value and what they want and we empower uh, the healthcare providers to be able to, in a scalable and cost-effective way, be able to meet those demands and evolve with their uh, clients and patients, then, you know, the regulators will eventually catch up. But what, what we don't want is to wait for the regulation because when we wait, we could lose 15 years or alternatively, we might put regulations in place that then harden the way that healthcare is done and make it difficult to innovate. Um, and uh, because it's so heavily regulated that everybody needs to think about it uh, and to figure out how it impacts them before any changes are agreed. So there's there's a lot of challenges with that mentality of just waiting for government to do something about it. I think, you know, the, the, the question around what's everybody else going to do about it is really sort of a, a call to action to say, well, in our own way, whether we're developers, whether we're health providers, whether we're consumers, uh, whether we're investors in this space, let's um, solve problems for people uh, and be mindful that there's a pre-existing system and culture of healthcare. So let's integrate ourselves into that as well and get rid of some of those silos, get rid of some of that friction that makes it hard to adopt these um, applications. Uh, and uh, and I think that's where um, another key part of it, I guess, is to have people who don't, don't necessarily wear one of those hats but actually can look over the top of it and see it at a 360-degree perspective. And I think that's... Um, that's something that, um, you know, a person in your position, Nick, can actually look out 
and survey the landscape that your customer is in and be able to figure that out and uh, help them navigate uh, to make, um, you know, an appropriate course of action to innovate whilst also addressing some of those um, challenges that we, we talked about earlier. Absolutely. Well, that's great, Nick. So, look, thank you very much for your time today. Um, it's, it's always great to speak to somebody who is thinking about it at a system level. Um, it's, it's an area I enjoy thinking about and kind of, you know, stretching the imagination a little bit, uh, which is fitting for the, um, the actual podcast uh, show name. We are about reimagining healthcare and, um, and the system is absolutely critical to enabling uh, that um, to fulfill the vision of people like yourself, myself, and everybody who's a stakeholder in, uh, in healthcare. So I really appreciate you coming along today, Nick, and having a chat with us and telling us more about your digital health agency model. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me and uh, continue to do what you're doing because this is really helpful. And I think it's going to help to expand and, and share these ideas with the world um, and get more people involved to actually help this uh, all come to fruition. Thanks, Nick. I really appreciate that. Thanks for listening. This podcast is produced in collaboration with Health Tech X, where we are working toward a world of integrated digital health empowerment for all people. If you'd like more info on how to get involved, head over to the website, healthtechx.com.au. Or if you have any feedback about the show, you can reach out to me directly on LinkedIn, Instagram, or email by following the links in this episode's show notes. And finally, Don't forget to subscribe to Reimagining Healthcare in your podcast app. And if you like what you heard, leave us a five-star review. It really helps other people find the show. I'm your host, Yanni Sopanos, and I'll speak to you in our next episode.